Blog Talk Radio. Center of the world. 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 Cisanthropus was the first man found on the earth. That earth was the motherland, Africa. We know that without total understanding of what happened in the past, it would be difficult to relate to the future. We know that within the structure of the music, there should be a message, and the message should be truth. So now, we give you Africa, the center of the world. as another historic moment for our people. We never tire in our desire to make our humble contribution towards the political education and organization of the masses of African people worldwide. We are honored with the presence of some of our allies in struggle, our sister party, the Party de la Revolution Populaire Africaine de Guinea, the Pan-Africanist Congress of Azania, Victory to the People Guyana, the Osegiefo Youth Movement, Ghana, and the Friends of the Congo. It is the plan of the AAPRPGC to institutionalize the Kwame Ture Commemoration and Krumism Tourism Ideological Seminar to heighten and advance ideological struggle focused on Pan-Africanism. It is but our modest contribution to the African Revolution. The AAPRPGC believes that humanists egalitarian, collectivist, pan-Africanist, and socialist ideological struggle and work is the basis for the advancement of African people towards ideological unity and unity of struggle. We understand that the exact nature of the struggle of African people and in Africa and in the African diaspora is revolutionary in character. So we commemorate the life of service, suffering, and sacrifice of Kwame Ture and simultaneously honor Osegefo, Kwame Kuma, Amid Seiko Ture, Patrice Lumumba, and Roberto Mangaliso Sabukwe. Today, we have organized a discussion of African organizations and political parties to provide their insight to our people and to express willingness to inherit and continue Kwame Ture's directive. If Africa's children cannot alleviate her suffering we can at least share them fully. This principle will be highlighted throughout the education concerning the revolutionary contributions, suffering, service, and sacrifice of our honorees. It is the responsibility of the AAPRPGC to educate and cultivate support for all progressive and revolutionary African organizations that are struggling for our people. Pan-African unity and international solidarity is the pan-Africanist thing to do. The AAPRPGC has the responsibility to inspire those who are not inside an organization to join one immediately. 
the critical necessity of joining a progressive or revolutionary organization fighting for the liberation of the African masses worldwide must be a popular idea among the masses of our people. Krumah says it most clearly, there is nothing more powerful than an idea whose time has come. I will now turn the seminar over to our moderator for today, Vanbosi Shango, organizer for the AAPRPGC. And again, we are grateful for you spending this time with us today. Again, we thank everybody for coming out today. And we are extremely happy to see so many folks on. And currently, there are 23 people on. Mr. Ishmael Kandi from the party in Guinea has been trying to get on, but uh, it looks like we lost him again. He was just trying a few seconds ago. But we're going to move forward. And we want to see if we can put in place right now a video. Okay, we're having a little technical difficulties there, but... Face of the video, we're gonna try to try to see if we can get some help in putting it up. Then, both of you, if you have the link to the video, and you make me a co-host, I can probably pull it up for you. Okay. Uh, Send me the link to it, and I can possibly pull it up for you. All right, let me find the videos and I'll send them to you and I'll make you a co-host. All right. Okay. And Mr. Condi is trying to get in again. Greetings, Africans. Greetings. 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 Hello. Hello. Hey, uh, Bambosi? Yes. Will you allow uh, me to record it so I can let um, my other half hear these on an AAPRP call? Yes. Because I push record, but they say you need to ask the host. Okay. The host is the host is recording it. He is recording it, and uh, they can't get on at the end of it. And Boshi can send this the recording. Yeah, I can send it out to everybody. Yeah, I, I just didn't know how soon you'd be getting it out. And, okay. I know that's right. <laughs> Listen to it today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> uh, Mr. Let me say Mr. Condi is on, but his camera is muted. All right. If you're if you're not if you're not speaking directly on the program, could you mute your mic? 
Um, Could you mute your mic?
Amankwa Apier, and I'm the president of the Osagifu Youth Movement. Um, we we are. The main line, so to speak, we are, and uh, as far as we are concerned, is devoted to that respect for Africa. We, the OIM, emphasizes the need for the youth of Ghana to share such knowledge for the betterment of Africa and the promotion of social justice globally. Again, we testify to the truth that Ghana and Africa's independence was obtained through a brave struggle of some brave warriors of decolonization. Thus, the movement speaks and encourages all, that is the good people of Africa, to speak of the sacrifices and bravery of our forebears with utmost respect and love. In this instance, we would like to dwell on the Osagefo Kwame Nkrumah and what he intends for Ghana and Africa as a whole. You know, the vision of Nkrumah can be understood within the context of action and well-being for Ghana and Africa after independence. No, the OIM wants to take the youth of Africa down the memory lane for them to know what was intended for Africa, Ghana and Africa through incompromising and why Ghana and most of it's a helpless and hopeless situation. The Osajifu asserted that Africans are equally creatures who also created the white. Therefore, as Africans, you made us understand that we have the right to govern ourselves in our own God-given land. And we have the right to live as men. This was his clarion call. And this was a very important statement, for it revealed the principle of the universal dignity of man as the master and manager of all created things in the world. This was in Kumar's assertion. An understanding of this Hello. So hey, bro. I'm online. Yes. Okay. Yeah, there's an understanding of this principle is very essential for a full appreciation of what Osajibu says in there. Because his words and actions are backed by the single authority of both black and white are by divine nature created equal. Men, when given the chance, is capable of managing every situation, however complex it may be, with equal dignity as a white man would. And, and this is pertinent. But the sad and unfortunate thing is that we, the present generation of Nkrumahs, or 
Pan-Africanists or African revolutionaries have lost touch with our support real self. That is with the power of thought, with the force to engineer, create, and attain anything we may think of ourselves. The President Nkrumah or Pan-Africanists have lost touch with reality. And that is the reality in knowing or acknowledging that every single action of man begins from a thought. So says Kwame Nkrumah. And that the thoughts we emit from our minds are powerful tools. So therefore, when we think wisely, we will in the process be using light and knowledge of positive thinking to remove ignorance. As a result, we will be moving from the path of congenial failures towards the road of success, where creativity will begin to unfold. So therefore, in the leadership of the Pan-Africanist movement, there ought to be strategic leadership, strategic management, strategic planning, strategic thinking, and strategic implementation, according to your side We, the latter-day Pan-Africanists, have to nurture great thoughts because creation began with their thoughts. And we are all thoughts of our creator. And this power is truly the biggest legacy the authority will bequeath to the present day generation. So for the youth, a big small trip down the memory lane. Plainly, in the sight of the imagination at the time, the Osajifu, with this African personality concept, beheld the new forces elevated society from its very foundation. That is, lifting the poorest above the possibility of want and exempting the very lowest from the anxiety of the material needs of life. And out of the bounteous natural resources the country was endowed with, the Osajifu envisaged as a necessary sequence moral conditions, realizing the golden age of which mankind has always dreamt. And by the golden age, we mean an era where the youth no longer stands and starves as we have today, where foul, immoral, and indistinct flee from society, where fierce things become tamed and discord turns into harmony. That was where we were heading towards. This is because vice, ignorance, crime, and brutality that spring from poverty and the fear of poverty cannot exist where poverty has vanished. This was Sosaji Fukwami Nkrumah. As we talk, we believe that Nkrumahism carries the weight of the world on its shoulders as far as the solutions to Africa's economic development issues are concerned. The youth should be told that Nkrumahism as a developing philosophy is as vital today as it was during the time that it was revealed. The message is eternal for all times and all people. Its message rains down through the ages as an inspiration and pathway for our stumbling feet. The sacred truth is that 
the present-day Ghanaian, especially the youth of Africa, have not come to terms with our destiny as a people. We have not developed a sense of appreciation of who we are and what legacy we have to uphold. Therefore, the Osage for Youth Movement makes this appeal from the perspective of our development philosophy for the achievement of our national development policy guideline. What is founded on the history of our dear country? It's appealing to the elite knowledge and incromism as an instrument of national or pan-African emancipation and integrity. So we sort of encourage the African to look in a belief and this man to be himself history encourages man to know who we were where we got into how far we've come and where we need to go because we don't know where you're coming from you will didn't know where you want to go or where you are going. So, we entreat the African youth to unite and pay attention to the revival of the soul in humanly comforting and life-saving philosophy of encromising. Encromising, as far as the strategy for its concern, has a lot of tenets, and that it enunciates that every society is placed in nature, that society seeks to influence nature to impose such transformation upon nature, as well as develop the environment of the society for better fulfillment. It states that the law of nature, humans, we must follow this law the same as plants and other forms of life. Encromism, a very big, and in this context, we mean the Ghanaian, for that matter, the African, it's not the machine that will do so much, and no man being, it's not an animal whose power may reach. It is the mind, not musk. Oh? which is the great agent involved, is the weakest of all. But for the human intelligence, the resistance current of nature flows, and matter becomes plastic to the human world. That is enchromizing. Enchromizing teaches that the African personality concept is anchored on the African conscience, conditioned by its experiences with Euro-Christianity, Arab-Islamic thought, and indigenous original African world. That's for Africa as a whole, and a, a new African philosophy must draw its nourishment chiefly from African roots, which is essentially egalitarian, meaning 
equal rights, and I mean equal rights in this proper or real sense. Chromaism expatiates that every new power engaged in the service of humans to improve the conditions of all. And he is talking about distant standards of living for everybody. Because as human beings, there is a human life we ought to live. And this should be healthy, happy human life, which the Osajafu tried to establish in Ghana with the, with, the, with, with the vanguard being work and happiness. The youth should know that we were on track. We, we were on the right course. But unfortunately, in order to increase the cost, their intelligence must be increased. And here, the brain must also be brought to the aid of the hand to engage in the common work of life. So, Informalism emphasizes that the brain makes man. And that, as Africans, we equally created by the same one what a white man, a yellow African achieved it's not even better. This was incromizer and it still is incromizer. The incromizing teaches that to free others from servitude and oppression is a great form of service that leads to huge reward from providence. The reason for this is that such acts of kindness who establish an environment of love and affection in society and lead to spiritual progress and be a means of gaining the blessing of providence. So therefore, if we may remind the youth, in Ghana, something got started. That is, incrementalism in Ghana created an atmosphere where the rights of others, that is the common majority, superseded the demand for one's own rights. The concern of all being the concern of one, and the concern of one being the concern of all. And that the level of consciousness and sensitivity to fellow human beings, which was comradeship and forbearance, was raised to a degree whereby members of society as a whole were concerned more about what they owe society rather than what society owed them. This was in You know, in Chromaism, try to restructure Africa to our past glory. The glory that people like Lord Macaulay of the UK came to meet. That he globe trotted or he threatened. He I mean, traverse the whole of Africa. And nowhere did he ever see a thief. Did he ever see a murderer? People of sex caliber. High moral standards. Virtuous people. With riches in abundance. And that he advised the UK or the, 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 the English people that if they don't come out in a way 
to turn the African thinking into believing that whatever or, or all what is Africa is not good except what is from them. There's no way they are able to conquer Africa. And this they surreptitiously, clandestinely, carefully planned and made Africa what Africa is today through the importation of Euro Christianity. Euro Euro Christianity. Which has brought misunderstanding and uh, hardship to Africa. Well, the Africans believe in one single creator, the only one true God. While all others are messengers, including the great Jesus Christ, Muhammad, Moses, Abraham, these were all messengers. We have only one true God. But today, we've been asked by Euro-Christianity to also say and believe that Jesus Christ, a creator of God, the handiwork of God, is also a creator. And this has been the bane of Africa. And secondly, they brought about partisan politics, which they know is also sort of disturbing Africa. Africans believe in one nation, one people, one destiny. When Nkrumah brought about this idea, he was hounded, hounded out by people from the Western Hemisphere that he has brought about one, 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 one party state. But my brother, let's look around the world. Every nation that has made it, which is worth its source, has passed through that stage before. In Africa, we don't understand partisanship. We see opposition as being an enemy. And uh, we believe in community, empathy, and compassion. But that thing was relegated to the background after Nkrumah was overthrown. Nkrumah wanted to broaden and expand the African idea of community, empathy, and compassion. Hence, we have this clarion call, comradeship and forbearance, that we're all in the same boat. We're all fighting for the same cause. So therefore, we shouldn't have an opposition to nation building. But the elites at the time and as we have today were, uh, were organized to fight against Kwame Nkrumah and the other brave warriors that we ourselves Hmm? Africa, we don't know who and where to turn to now. 
sad that in the history of African emancipation, there are countless number of sad occurrences that can never be forgotten by any true African. And one of such incidents, which of course is the major one, is the of the government of Osadi Kupan and Puma. A government whose crime in the distorted and perverted view of the interior forces that made the coup d'etat was that it sought to overthrow vice, ignorance, crime, neocolonialism, and poverty in Ghana. Ever since that coup took place, we can't at overthrow the First Republic, comfort, radiating social, economic, and political inequalities in Ghana, material forces. And that the policies have not improved the conditions of the lowest class in the essential of healthy, happy human life, which the government and the incrementalism sought to establish for all Ghanaians with the slogan, work. And it's so sad at times. Online? Yes. Okay. Uh, we want you to know that the, the era of the First Republic of Ghana, what happens to be the most eventful period of Ghana and even Africa's history. I've been hidden from the youth of today. And that it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that it is happening so. You see, the African spiritual system, which is a natural African spiritual system, as I've mentioned before, is founded on the values of community, empathy, and compassion. That is high moral principles, which are the backbone of our spiritual, philosophical, and cultural heritage. And this was fully at play during Nkrumah and the warrior time. During that time, the creation of a situation where there was no destitution and no one made an easy living, no luxurious life at the expense of others, that everyone could make a distinct living and no one able and willing to work was oppressed by the fear of war became the preferred and desired order of the day when Nkumaizen was put out to conscientize Ghana. You know, more or less vague or clear, these unprecedented visions and improvements that were born by Nkumaizen were what gave the wonderful era of Osadipo Kwame its incomparability. The First Republic administration and the Nkrumah radically sunk these virtues and ideals so deeply into the popular minds of the masses to change their thought pattern and 
The sergeant Poe and the other brave warriors and removed the misconstruct, which the black man had a consideration of the effect. Indicated that the information system will enable the submission of all classes and make possible position. And that was the error in Secretary and others from other countries. You know, we're saying this because we know others will talk about Comrade Secretary, Comrade and others. But we want to just enlighten the youth a little more about and Dubois. Uh, These were brave warriors who Africa for what they did for Africa. They put their lives at stake and made Africa become what we are today. I don't know being from a bad initiations and bad thinking from the Western Hemisphere. Africa might have today been somewhere more positive than we find ourselves today. It's unfortunate. And so therefore, as revolutionaries, we should know and accept where we are, understand why we are presently in this position, and finally, to come up with visible solutions other than waiting for other people to tell us what to do. So the title for this thing is up. If we cannot share our problems, we can't alleviate them, we should share them fully. We should know where we are, understand why we are presently in this position, and then come out with visible solutions other than waiting for other people to tell us what to do. For although colonization doesn't exist today in terms of physical ownership of countries, the mentality of the Western Hemisphere, the Western world in relation to Africa, it's still very colonial. Uh, you know, somebody has their mic on. Could you turn your mic off, please? Okay, thank you. Brother Omari. Because, you know, hello? Yes. Brother o- Omama. Omama. Yeah. Uh, could Hello, you, brother. Could you try to wrap it up, brother? We have to move on. Other speakers. Yeah, we 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 wrapping it up. Thank you. See the pop. Yeah, the problem of our elite, the African elite today, is that through their actions and descriptions, they tend to put a lot of people in a state where they think they are poor. And the poverty of the mind is more insidious than the material poverty. And this is what the African elite, the harm they are causing to Africa. 
So if we claim to be Pan-Africanists and revolutionists, I think we should concern ourselves with the class of people pawns to the Washington Consensus. It makes the African don't believe in himself anymore. Some extraordinary power of thought in us, and therefore, there's a need to African and awaken the powerlessness of the. This will lead the African into believing in himself and become confident that his ideas will not only work but could also be beneficial to mankind. What needs to be done is to take action and initiate the power of action. So more grease the elbows of APRP GC branch. More grease the elbows of fellow comrades in arms, Pan-Africanists, notable Bob Brown, who have sacrificed all his life for the cause of the African. And then uh, we're working hard towards the real emancipation of the African brother. So the Osage for you movement, thank you all for getting us on and letting us reach out to the world. Thank you, brother. Thank you very much. Thank you, brother. Bambut Shango, brother. Thank, thank you, brother. From the Osage youth movement, brother Omama. Youth movement. Yeah. Thank you okay. very much. Uh, we, we want to see if Brother Walimu could open his mic for a minute. Walimu, Walimu, open your mic. Yeah, yeah. Should be at the bottom of the screen. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, Brother, do you know if we have our brother from South Africa on? Um, yes. No, I don't. Is there someone on from the PAC? Hello, Mama. Your mic is still live. Could you mute it, please? Hello, brother. Here I'm not seeing anybody from the Pan-African Congress of Azania who's supposed to be on. They may have technical difficulties getting on. I know that Guinea has technical difficulties. So maybe we can move in the meantime and go to our brother from Guyana, Brother Gerald. Brother Gerald. He's on. Yeah. Brother Gerald, can you hear me?
He looks like he's working on his screen trying to like pull it up. Daryl Pereira? Yes. Yeah. Brother Gerald is from the Victory for the People of Guyana organization. Uh, give him a few, see if he can get it on. All right, Brother Gerald, can you hear us yet? Brother Pieta, we, we see your video. Give us a thumbs up or shake your head if you can hear us, but we can't hear you. So we'll just know there's that kind of technical difficulty. I don't think he's hearing us. Yeah, I don't think so either. I see him. Mm-hmm. Uh, send him a chat. Send him something in the chat. Just send him something in the chat. Then we're trying to talk to him. Okay. And uh, Mormi, could you do that video? Is it, is, it one I, is it the one I told you, the one with the uh, yes. West End? Okay. All right. I'll pull that up. But you have to make me the host again. Uh, no, anybody can share the screen. No, no, you can't. I tried it. I'm going to tell you what it says when you try to share a screen. It says, host disabled participant screen sharing. That's what it says. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they made me the host just for that minute, and then I'll give it right back to you. Okay. Hold on. Let me find it. For the participants. Yeah, For the participants, and then click on the... Um... All right. Okay. You okay. It's, it's, it's cool. Okay. Let me go get it for you then. All right, in the meantime, Brother Gerald, can you hear us? Send him somebody to chat. I will. Mm-hmm. You don't seem like he's here. Getting the feedback. You getting feedback? Yeah. Um, maybe I have to turn it down. Let me turn it down a little bit. Okay. Try this. Is that better? Yeah. Hello, brother. Can you hear me? 
right after Makeba. Introduce yourself. Your your mic is muted. Brother Hello, Gerald. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. We can hear you. Can you hear us? Uh, Brother Gerald. All right, we're... He's off. Yeah. Uh, We want to go ahead and move on then and see if he can get back on and catch up. Uh, can we ask Brother Maurice? Brother Maurice from the Friends of the Congo.
Can you hear us, Brother Maurice? Yeah, I can hear you. How okay. y'all doing? We're doing good, bro. The mic is yours. You wanted me to start, uh, Brother Bamboshi? Yes, please. Oh, okay. Um, let's see one second here. I lost you. Okay. All right, how's everyone doing? Doing good. Good, good, good. Um, thank you, thank you, brother, uh, uh, APRP GC, for inviting me to to, to talk about uh, Lumumba uh, on the day of the commemoration of uh, our brother um, Kwame Ture. Um, I will speak a, a little bit about Lumumba, um, but I'll, I'll spend most of my time talking about um, what the, the children of Lumumba are doing. That is to say, not, not his biological children, um, but his ideological children, and the work that we're continuing um, in, this, in this tradition. Um, like uh, Brother Kwame Ture, uh, Lumumba was um, heavily influenced uh, by uh, Kwame Nkrumah and uh, and Sekou Toure. Uh, there, there's a there's a book um, written. Uh, it's called the Selected Speeches of Patrice Lumumba, and the foreword of that book is written by Jean-Paul Sartre. And in his foreword, uh, Sartre made uh, some interesting observations about uh, about Lumumba, and he said that. Uh, you have to understand Lumumba came out of uh, a special class of people in the Congo. Uh, what the Belgians did in their colonization of uh, the, the country is uh, in order to maintain control over the masses, they created a particular class of Congolese. They called them the Evolué uh, or the Evolved uh, Congolese. And Lumumba was a part of the Evolué. And the reason for existing on the part of the evolué or the evolved was to integrate into the Belgian colonial system. That is to say, uh, a class of technocrats that would not really challenge uh, the, the current order, but um, find their place in the current order. And that's, that's what uh, Lumumba uh, that, that milieu that Lumumba came out of. Now, when Lumumba went to the All African People's Conference in 1968, it was there that Lumumba was radicalized, that he became a staunch nationalist and a Pan-Africanist. And if you read uh, Lumumba's speeches, his poetry, his writings, before 58, before the All African People's Conference, you find that he, uh, probably the best way to describe it um, in the empire, he was more like an integrationist as opposed to a nationalist and a Pan-Africanist. So in meeting Kwame Nkrumah, in meeting Sekou Toure, Lumumba was radicalized. And within uh, a matter of um, weeks, really, in getting back from the, the conference, the, the All-African People's Revolution, 
All-African People's Conference in 1958, we find Lumumba mobilizing the masses, uh, organizing in a fundamentally uh, different way than, than, he, um, than he did before. So not only um, was he radicalized at the All-African People's Conference, but he uh, was also supported. Right, so he saw uh, he was he was struck by Kwame Nkrumah and saw Kwame Nkrumah as a father figure, um, and then, as you know, both Nkrumah and Toure, they were dispatching um, revolutionaries to different front lines in the anti-colonial fight. So uh, Toure dispatched uh, in, in an effort to support Lumumba. Uh, dispatched Felix Mounier uh, from uh, Cameroon, all of you are familiar with, and another um, Pan-Africanist that some of you may not be familiar with, André Blouin. André Blouin uh, was a, um, a staunch Pan-Africanist. Uh, she uh, supported um, Toure in his mobilizing of the uh, Guinean masses to reject uh, uh, the French. And uh, the French's um, uh, referendum, where you had to either vote yes to be a part of, um, remain a part of the French sphere's influence, or no. Um, so uh, Andre Blouin was a key organizer, along that Toure um, recruited, um, because of her work that she did in organizing against um, De Gaulle's um, uh, ultimatum that he gave the colonial force, colonial um, outpost. So both uh, Mumier and um, André Blouin was dispatched to Congo by Toure. So here on the one hand, you have Lumumba drawing strongly from uh, being radicalized by uh, Nkrumah and drawing from Nkrumah's uh, uh, Pan-African vision. And on the other hand, being supported uh, by um, Toure. And um, André Blouin actually wound up being the chief of protocol of um, of Lumumba, and he, she wrote an excellent book called uh, Africa, uh, My Country. So Kwame Toure, Kwame drawing his name from Kwame Nkrumah, uh, Toure drawing his name from Amut Seke Toure. Uh, Kwame Toure took on the name of uh, these two African giants, and Lumumba uh, embraced them and took on the Pan-African um, vision. And in fact, uh, when um, uh, we see the Lumumba being returning back to the Congo in 1950, uh, 1958, and then being radicalized um, uh, uh, through a series of organizing efforts uh, in, uh, in Kinshasa in particular, um, what we find is that Lumumba is now firmly um, ensconced in the nationalist and pan-Africanist um, um, traditions. And uh, he draws upon Toure, he draws upon uh, Nkrumah in advancing um, the Congo. Now, you know, uh, many of you may know that uh, Toure and um, Nkrumah saw Congo as vital to the pan-African project. In fact, uh, in the introduction of, um, I think, one of the recent copies of uh, the book that uh, Nkrumah wrote on, on Congo, the challenge of the Congo, uh, he lays out how uh, an agreement that Nkrumah had with, um, with Lumumba, where 
uh, Congo or Leopoldville at the time, Kinshasa today, would serve as the capital of the United States of Africa. Now, if you understand about the strategic location of the Congo, uh, its enormous wealth, uh, its ability, the ability to project power anywhere on the continent uh, from the Congo, uh, then you understand why Toure and why Nkrumah saw uh, Congo as central to the Pan-African project. So the centrality of Congo to the future of Pan-Africanism, to the future of Africa, remains the same today. And the ideas of Lumumba, of a, a self-sufficient, self-determined, uh, Pan-African Congo is still very much intact um, today with the Congolese youth. And that's what I really want to focus on and talk about how the youth in the Congo are carrying on the tradition of not only Lumumba, um, but also Nkrumah, also Toure. And in a very, in very concrete ways. And uh, they've established a training center in Kinshasa. And they named that training center the Andre Bluin uh, Center. And in that center, um, the youth are trained in, in four principles. Uh, they are, their training is grounded in four principles. The first is self-sufficiency. Second is self-determination. The third is Pan-Africanism. And the fourth is internationalism. Now, not only are they... Um, uh, grounded in the, in, the, in the ideological framework on those four principles, but in everything that they do, they fulfill on those principles. So they have self-sufficient projects. Uh, when they mobilize uh, the masses and doing political education, it's about um, self-determination. That's uh, uh, a central feature of the training and the teaching that they conduct in local communities um, not only in, um, in urban areas in the Congo, but also in rural areas. As many, many of you know, uh, much like the rest of Africa, the majority of the population, is uh, 60 to 70 percent, uh, is found in rural areas. Um, so the youth go into the rural communities in order to do those um, trainings. Uh, when it relate, comes to Pan-Africanism, they participate in Pan-African schools and exchanges in Tanzania, in Ghana, and in South Africa. Uh, and they do that throughout the years. Uh, of course, the coronavirus has interrupted that exchange, so they've moved that to a virtual, uh, the exchanges to a virtual platform. Um, so their concern is not just about the Congo, and they understand clearly that the Congo is a European construct. It's a country that was not designed or created by Africans. In fact, uh, just this is about all the countries you see on the African continent today weren't created by Africans, um, at least in terms of their political borders. Those were created by by Europeans. So they're clear that um, although they call themselves Congolese and their um, political uh, foundation is based on nationalism, that uh, Pan-Africanism is the answer uh, for bringing about uh, the kind of uh, self-determination that uh, they want to see, not only in the Congo, but on the African continent as a whole. Um, so they're, they're, they're keen to engage with other youth who are Pan-Africanists and have the same aims. Uh, and finally, on the internationalism front, uh, they see what's unfolding in, or what has unfolded in Latin America over the last two decades as a model to follow. Um, so uh, Chavez and Venezuela uh, play, loom large in their, um, in their thinking. Um, Cuba, of course, is central uh, to 
uh, how they they see that the battle that is that is needed to wage to be waged against um, imperialism. Uh, and of late, um, they've been um, strongly um, fired by uh, the mass mobilization and the rejection of imperialism on the part of the Bolivian masses. Um, so, uh, and they host forums uh, at the center that uh, connect with uh, youth in Latin America, in Brazil, in Venezuela. Um, um, certainly, uh, they are connected to the youth in, in Haiti. Uh, so these young people um, in a country that is uh, majority uh, youth, uh, Congo, the median age is 17, are carrying on the tradition of Patrice Lumumba. And really, that's my purpose here today, to, to share with you uh, that uh, what Kwame Ture fought for, uh, what Kwame Nkrumah fought for, what Sekou Ture fought for, is um, being that legacy uh, is very much alive among the Congolese youth. Uh, in order for you to get a sense uh, of, um, uh, of what they're doing, how they're carrying on um, the, uh, the struggle for a free and liberated Congo and a free and liberated Africa, I highly encourage you to visit the, the website Telema, T-E-L-E-M-A. Uh, it's a Lingala word, which means um, rise up or stand up. So Telema.org, T-E-L-E-M-A. I know if um, I can put it in the, uh, I'll put it in the chat uh, later. Uh, but um, that's, that's the, sense, the, uh, the main focus, um, Brother Bamboshi, uh, for today, just to, to share that uh, the work is being done. Um, it is being carried on. Um, it's being carried on by a new generation of, uh, of young Congolese who are steeped uh, in the history of the Congo, in the history of the African continent, uh, who are Pan-Africanists, uh, who understand that um, uh, free and liberated um, Congo in Africa is one uh, that is um, grounded in, in socialism, uh, grounded in the United States uh, of Africa, and um, it's that vision that they um, that they're fulfilling on um, each and every day. Um, so just wanted to share that with the um, with the collective. And if, I don't know uh, what the format is. If there are any questions, um, I'll gladly respond to it. Um, but other than that, I just thank you for giving us the opportunity to to come and and share with you uh, the work uh, that we're doing, um, uh, primarily in the Congo, but also elsewhere on the African continent. Thank you, Brother Maurice, and please stand by. We'll see. We'll probably get to some questions after. I'd like to ask Maurice to check her chat. Uh, let me. Yeah, to make me the host. Uh, oh, she made me the host one more time. Okay. Because I gave it back to you, so yeah, to make me the host so I can pull it up. Okay. Okay. In the meantime, let me just introduce a couple of folks here. We have Brother Amatep, who has joined us from Jamaica, and uh, the son of Kwame Ture, Brother Alpha Yaya. I see it's there. We might have call upon him shortly. Uh,
Brother Joe, can you hear us yet? Okay, Mormy, you have it. Um, you're gonna make me the host. Okay, yes. there you go. All right, I got you. All right. And you can go back out and get it again. You know, if you don't get it right away, it'll close on you. Uh, this is a, a video on Patrice Lumumba. You know, when you pull it up, if you don't go through right away, to kick it out, especially if it's a YouTube. Let me, let me go back and try to get it again. Hold on one minute. This is the um, Malcolm X on the assassination of Patrice Lumumba. That's the one you want, right? Or Viva Patrice Lumumba. Which one do you want? I, I think it's the Viva Patrice Lumumba. Okay, that's the one you want. Okay. I'll get that one then. Now let me go back to you guys. Okay, share screen. Okay. There it is.
one is on uh, Malcolm X speaking about Patrice Lumumba. You want me to show that one next? Yes. Okay. This is Malcolm X on the assassination of Patrice Lumumba called uh, the Patrice Lumumba rather. Here. Okay. I'll cancel that out. I'll put it in here. Can you can you hear that? No. Okay, I know that. Go back out. Coming to you. Okay. Now share screen. Okay. Should come up now. We've got a feedback, Romy. You might have to turn your mic off. The terrible situation that has been existing in the Congo, which is not the fault of the Congolese, but which is the result of instigation by European powers who are fighting each other over the mineral wealth of the Congo. And now to make it appear that the Congolese themselves, because they're reacting to these uh, uh, injustices that they've been victimized by, is, is again ducking the question. Can you hear now, Boshi? Yes. Of Lumumba, who was the rightful prime minister of the Congo. Shambi is the man whose forces uh, fought against the United Nations forces and against the United States. And despite this criminal past of Shambi, uh, now the United States is backing Shambi, uh, who has hired uh, South African mercenaries, who are hired killers, to disrupt the uh, peaceful efforts of the freedom fighters from Stanleyville to. Uh, On the loss of a president. All right, so I'm going to stop sharing that. It was a, it was a very short clip, and Boshi. And the next one I have is the, um, I guess, the cultural presentation, the poem. Now, I see Brother Maurice had a, a video. Maurice, do you think that video would also be helpful just to, like, give, you know, more of a background to your presentation, or, or, or are you okay? You're muted. I, I didn't have a video. Okay, I saw one by your name. Okay, so Ben Bosch, I have the next one about dead presidents, unless you want to go to the next speaker. No, uh, we want to go to the next speaker, and then after that, we want to do the secretary video. Okay. So we're going to go to Gerald. Gerald, can you hear us? We can't hear you. Your mic might be off. Okay, volume up. 
your Microsoft Carol. If you hold over over the street, there you go. Yep, I'm getting some problems. Yeah, could you hear me now? It's coming better though. Could you hear me, brother? Yeah, can you turn just a little bit louder? Okay. Yeah. All right. We we want to know if you could introduce yourself, Gerald. Yeah, first and of all, I like information. Yeah, first of all, I like to apologize to every member of the forum for this technical. You know, I, you'll excuse me, my agent, technologically on the develop. Anyhow, uh, I am uh, Gerald Pereira, Organization for the Victory of the People. It's a political formation in Guyana that is committed to have a revolutionary Pan-African perspective. And of course, I would like to, in uh, dealing with the revolutionary Pan-African perspective, I would like to, uh, as I go on to differentiate between that and what we call it, some of the Pan-African formation. As you know, in Guyana, we have many political parties on the political landscape. Every one of them, every one of them are committed to neoliberal economics and the two major parties, the two major political parties, one which was founded by the People's Progressive Party, which used to be described itself as Marxist-Leninist, and the PNCR, which at the time under Bob Cornum claimed it was socialist. Both of these parties today are quite happy pursuing neoliberal economics that was imposed in this country by the World Bank, the IMF, and the U.S. government. So what we have is all of the parties, with the exception of us, are pro-capitalist and very imperialist-friendly. The OVP is pan-Africanist, we are socialist, and anti-imperialist. We contested the election twice, 2015 and 2020, at the regional level. To get our message out, that is our primary reason for contesting, was to get our message out to the people. And we did reasonably well in the region that we contested. But now, after the elections, with all the chaos and what has happened, there's a tremendous move over to our organization. Because one of the things we have learned, brothers and sisters, and you will agree with, is... Kwame Nkrumah, Kwame Nkrumah, Sekutori, Patrice Lumumba, Robert Subukwe, and my friend, mentor, and teacher, Kwame Tugre, taught us that as revolutionaries, we must be principled. Our principles must be non-negotiable. We can adjust our strategy and tactics, but our principles we do not compromise it. Secondly, as revolutionaries, we must be clear as crystal. Because when we look at what is happening in the United States today, with the, not that they, there was always that fascist tendency embedded in the United States, in the state, and it, 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 the apparatus of the state, whether it's in the CIA, the FBI, and all of that. But today what we're seeing is that it is Trump has imposed in it and we're seeing all the far right groups and what is called alternative right coming out, coming to the fore. Now we 
as revolutionary Pan-Africanists? How do we respond? So I believe one of the things I believe when we look at what these leaders taught us is that we must draw the line between the real, the fighting Pan-Africanists mm -hmm. and the fake Pan-Africanists. So we have some weeding out to do. We have a lot of weeding out to do. Let me tell you what I mean. One of the reasons I admired tremendously the work of the AAPRP Conakry is over the years, its principles and consistent position in the tradition of those leaders that we're interested in looking at today. Uh, when we look at great revolutionaries like Kwame Ture, Sekou Ture, Robert Subukwezo, and we look at what we have now in Africa, you look at the Paul Kagame type in Rwanda, you wearing Museveni in Uganda. These guys, they claim, and they've been able to fool some, a number of Pan-Africanists. These guys claim that they are Pan-Africanists, but we know they're not. In fact, those two leaders I just identified, along with the Klong, who's the president of Ghana, these guys are, con they're all into neoliberal economics, they're all pawns of imperialism, and they have a number of organs. They're able to, of fake Pan-Africanists in the diaspora. And we have to weed, we have to identify these forces and weed them out, because some of them are working with the enemy and it's being financed by agencies linked to the enemy. So when we get back to the, these great revolutionary, these great African leaders we're talking about, such as Kwame Ture, uh, Robert Subokwezo. These personalities, of course, embodied that revolutionary African personality. And one of the things that distinguished their revolutionary Pan-Africanism from the reactionary Pan-Africanism and the bourgeois type, led by the bourgeois and neo-colonial elements, is that they linked Pan-Africanism with scientific socialist ideology. They have to go together. We can't preach and speak about Pan-Africanism while we pursue so-called free market economics. We cannot speak about Pan-Africanism and operate, are quite contented to maintain the neo-colonial arrangement. And this is what distinguished us from the others. So, uh, Kwame Ture, for example, always he spoke about consistently about the need for permanent organization and the need to, to work study, not only for our cadres, but to do this type of work in our communities and among the people, because there's no substitute for this type of hard work. And we have to be, as I said earlier, we have to be crystal clear. So what is it we are advancing when we speak about the scientific socialist perspective? Because very often when we say scientific socialism, uh, the mechanical Marxist or the what you call the Eurocentric Marxist or the old Soviet type Marxist, they say, well, look, they use them as the words in the terms interchangeably. So if you're a scientific socialist, then you're a Marxist-Leninist, and if you're and we disagree with that because, as Kwame Ture always pointed out, that you know he, he was fond of saying that 
using then this property laws of gravity, you observe something. So Marx observed something, but these were laws that existed independently of Marx and were centuries before Marx. So with a scientific socialist ideology, we are not, you know, it doesn't mean that we are Marxists. And of course, Marx made a contribution that no one can deny. But as Africans in the diaspora and on the, in the motherland, the application, the way we apply our ideology must take into account our historical uh, the historical condition as well as our present circumstance to this. Our ideology must emerge out of our culture. And what we have is when we look at the work of Sekutori and Kwame Nkrumah, and we examine the work that Kwame Nkrumah wrote in philosophical, uh, is approaching what is called uh, consciousness. We will see that a lot of what he wrote went beyond, far beyond Marxist Leninist orthodoxy and the mechanical Marxism that dominates a lot of the white that the white left goes on to. I mean, as someone who uh, did theology and has a deep interest in black liberation theology, it was refreshing and it, it's also creative to see that as a religious, as the people who are very spiritual and people who uh, come from diverse religious backgrounds, whether it's Yoruba, Islam, Christianity, or Judaism, we see no contradiction between revolution and religion. In fact, we believe that authentic or true religion, what, because we had the great Iranian scholar Ali Shariati wrote a book called True Religion Versus False Religion. And we know that all of the prophets that came out of Africa were prophet revolutionaries. And they challenged the unjust order of their time. But what always happens is that in the initial stages, we know that the message of the various prophets were met with hostility by the priestly caste and the ruling political elite, as well as the business elite at the time. So they persecuted them. But when the message is eventually triumphed, many of those who opposed the prophets accepted those various uh, faiths. They accepted it with their mouth, but not with their hearts and minds. And we've seen through the centuries where that has led us to. Because when we look at when we look today, we have revolutionary Pan-Africanists, we have to reclaim the revolutionary message of the prophets and the revolutionary message of emancipatory religion. Because when you look at what ISIS or Al-Shabaab or Boko Haram is doing in, in Africa, it has nothing to do with the revolutionary message of Islam. In fact, we know that these people are being used by the Zionists and being used by imperialism as a way to balkanize and to divide and destroy, divide and chew in Africa so that the imperialists can maintain their stronghold. 
so we have to reclaim, we have to challenge them in the same way that the black liberation theology challenges the bogus theology of the T.D. Jakes and, and the like. Because what we have is two religions. One, the religion of truth, the religion of justice, and the religion of liberation versus the pseudo-religion of oppression, etc., etc. So when I look at what Brother Kwame Ture taught, when we look at what Sekutore dealt with and even addressing revolution and religion, um, we must, I am proud of such leaders that we have and that we've learned tremendously from them and we have to take their vision, their, um, their, where they left off, we have to take this further. We have a lot of work to do and I think the way forward is for us to work collectively and in where it is possible to build chapters of the APRPGC. And we need more uh, seminars like this, more uh, gets together so that we could coordinate because the struggle is global, but we will hold down our end at the global level. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Uh, brother Yahu Musa, could you mute your mic, please? Uh, we're going to move on to a video of Ahmed Sekoture, and it will be translated by Brother Nemo.
Uh, somebody needs to turn off their mic. And just to let you know, I'm trying to pull it up, but it keeps fast-forwarding. Let me try one more time. When I put it to play, it fast-forwards automatically. Let me try one more time. Okay, it looks like we have technical difficulties. Let's see if we can do it another way. Yeah, keep fast-forwarding whenever you turn it on. I know we don't want that. But. Yeah. Uh, you see? Brother, Brother Summary has went through this video, and I think he has it, and he could probably give us a summary oh. of the video. Brother Summary. I can hear the audio right now, so it's, um, I think that's, can you that's see that? the right speed. That's the right speed. Yeah, we can hear the video. We can, see. we can hear the audio. I think it's, it's, it's playing from my computer, I think. I just found the video. I'm going to cancel out of this one. And then go back and um, stop, share, uh, stop sharing. So maybe he can pull it up. I'm having a hard time right. getting it up. Who, who has it? Brother Summer? Hello. Uh, Nimbo, please. Nimbo. What, what is it you want? Hello? If someone else has it, I can make them the host. Because right now you have me as a host. Okay. Who do you want me to make the host? Uh, I think... Brother Summary has the video. Do you, Brother Summary, do you have the video? Summary on? Yes, I do. Let me just Okay, I'm going to make you I'm going to make you the um, yes, I do. All right. Okay. Brother oh, Brother man. Nimbo. I think that Brother Summary has the video and he can translate it. Okay, make host. Okay. Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. But stand by. Okay, summary answers now. Having this on it. Summary may proceed. He has the control. Summary, go down and share screen. You gotta pull it up. Click on it to start. And then click on it to start. There you go. Once you can see it. We're not seeing it yet, Samari. We heard, heard something, but we're not seeing it yet. <coughs> Let me just shift my...
Brother Samari, are you screen sharing right now? Okay, because we don't see anything. You have to go down to the green. You have to open up your actual video like you're getting ready to play it. Click on it and then put it to stop and then come back out. Come back out to to you know to the um to the whole whole room here and go to share screen and then you can pull up the one that you have and also you have to optimize the screen and, and the video before you show it. So when you first go into it to share screen, um at the very bottom you'll see something that says um optimize video and share uh, computer sound. You gotta click both of those. Then you can click on the one that you want us to look at. Before you click on the one that you want us to look at, you have to like select those two at the very bottom of the screen. The share screen. So I, I have it. Can everyone? Sarah Marie, we don't necessarily have to have the video. We just need to hear you, because we, we we can't understand French anyway. So we just need to hear your translation. Okay. It looks like we can see it now. Um, Go ahead. So here he's saying that in fact this conspiracy is not a new conspiracy. It is in fact a continuation of a conspiracy which embodies the fundamental difference. Between the social options presented by the people of Guinea. And the illegal claims of certain powers who would maintain their interests in Guinea, despite the will of the people. Malgré sa volonté, dans un carcan d'exploitation favorable à leurs intérêts particuliers. La dernière fois, nous savons qu'il y avait notamment l'Allemagne fédérale. Last time we know that Germany Le Portugal, Portugal, la France, France le deux pays africains, aidés par la cinquième imperial colony organized in Guinea, that was behind the attacks on the 22nd of November. The same force went against Guinea and did not learn its lessons and are at the frontiers. The conspiracies that we have known have been as you say, broadened by the imperialist powers, but with complicity, with the complicity of Africans. The true enemies of Africans are Africans that are ignorant. 
because it's all the Africans express the same will to be. Imperialism could not at all realize its destiny. It could not be able to dominate the African continent. Here, the interviewer asked particularly uh, about whether this would not uh, cause a conflict within the continent. So our part, the dialogue any dialogue with South Africa in this case would be tantamount to uh, treachery against African interests on the continent. We are not ready as Guineans or as Africans not ready to accept to accept the dialogue with people who exploit our brothers and who have planned to erect themselves on top of the indigenous population of the bayonet by the force of bayonet. Alright. So I guess to summarize his point, uh, Secretary was essentially speaking on the self-determination, first of all, of the African people of Guinea. And he pointed out, as, as many have after him and before him, that in, in fact, the enemy of the greatest enemy of Africa are, is in fact ignorant Africans that are not abreast on knowledge of self. And he puts forth the familiar idea that unity is a unified Africa would definitely not be able to fall in the pitfalls of imperialism, uh, neocolonialism and calls upon on that, of course, in Guinea, and ends off by rejecting a dialogue with uh, apartheid South Africa, which, of course, uh, does not stand for any Pan-African ideals, or did not stand for any Pan-African ideals, and one might say does not stand for them today as well. Um, so that is essentially what that video entails. I know I wasn't able to translate at pace. I'm not a professional translator, uh, but uh, I, I hope I was able to give everyone an idea of what took place there. Brother Samari, thank you very much. You did Brother, good, brother. Brother Samari, you did good, brother. <laughs> brother Nemo was also standing by to translate. I don't know if Brother Nemo want to make any observations. 
Uh, he did great. Uh, he said everything as though he didn't translate all of the words, but then, yeah, it was good. I think anybody who listened to what he said should understand probably what he had to say and what Sekou Choi said. Thank you, bro. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, you're welcome. At this point, we um, want to go Brother to... Yes. Brother Boshi, there was a question on the chat uh, from someone asking about if um, Brother Pereira could say a little something about Walter Rodney and his yes, life. Can, can we hold the questions? Okay. We got uh, one more presenter, Brother Untu, and then after that we'll go into question and answers. Okay, awesome. Thanks. Brother Intu. Yes, brother, how you doing? Okay, are you ready to do your presentation? Yeah, before can we uh can we hear this this quick video by Kwame? Sure. Okay, allow me to share the screen. Okay. You have to make me a... Yeah, you have to make him the host, Boshi. All right. I think that uh, Summer Ray may still have the host, so you have to change the host to Brother Into by clicking on his name and participant and making him a host. Brother Summer Ray? I have to click on... Mutu, click my okay. name. All right. Yeah. You got it. You got it, brother. Try right. it. When you, before you turn it on, though, make sure you optimize the screen and the video. There you go. And after this, must come from the bottom up, from the mass of the people up. It is here, then, that we've come to see the real aspect of that after. We said that in the Fifth Pan-African Congress, they called for mass organizations, and immediately mass organizations sprang up throughout the length and breadth of the African world. The Conventional People's Party, a mass party, sprang up in Ghana. The Democratic Party of Guinea, a mass party, sprang up in Guinea. Throughout the length and breadth of Africa, you had the Tanzanian, the Tanzanian African National Union, which is now the TCM. Swahili is another That's very good. My Capitalism cannot unite Africa. Africa 
united by socialism. Now, there's a lot of confusion here on this question of capitalism and socialism. Just recently, a young man said to me, but socialism died. Did you hear about it? I said, I missed the funeral. <laughs> of course, he spoke about the betrayals that occurred in the East. You must not let capitalism this is a struggle which Pan-Africanism takes on. We struggle against imperialism in the illogical arena. People think that capitalism just wants to exploit your labor. They want to thinking and make you think just like them. And this is where the real fight occurs. So therefore, this struggle of confused thinking, I told the man, I said, it's not the one supposed to disappear. You cannot die. Yes, you can. I said, I can't. Master 
the African American Studies Center and the School of Education are co-sponsoring at two credit costs. Certainly. Stop the video already. Yeah. So, uh, after hearing that, Mutu Moyusi, I'm the presenter for the All African People's Revolutionary Party, GC. Kwame Ture transitioned to join our revolutionary ancestors on November 15, 1998. His political life was one of struggle and sacrifice, service and suffering for the masses of African people. Kwame, like all men and women, was not born a revolutionary, but true to the science associated with the struggle to destroy all forms of exploitation in oppression and with his sincerity to follow the path of truth and justice grew ideologically and developed a pan-Africanist and incrumous Tereus revolutionary character. We honor Kwame Ture and other revolutionary women and men, not as a cult of his or their personality, but to recognize and foster emulation for the African masses of his and others revolutionary theory and practice, to struggle to emancipate and transform African people and oppress humanity for the vestiges of capitalism, imperialism, Zionism, settler and neo-colonialism, racism, and xenophobia. On behalf of the All African People's Revolutionary Party, GC, we would like to thank our host, our honored guest, they are our allies in struggle and service for helping make this Kwame Ture commemoration success. It was they who have elaborated on the actions, beliefs, values, and principles that characterize a unity of thought and action where we find harmony with Kwame Nkrumah, Sekou Ture, Patrice Lumumba, Robert Sobwikwe, and Kwame Ture in the African Revolution. These men, representing the righteous and just aspirations of our people are ideologically and organizationally connected and that they all help found and play an exemplary leadership role in the building of the revolution of pan-Africanist political parties fighting for the total and complete emancipation of African people, particularly with emancipation of African women. They held a common understanding that pan-Africanism was the only objective that unified and liberated African people worldwide. They held a common understanding that it was only the political educated and organized African masses that had the desire and would benefit the most from the realization of revolutionary Pan-Africanism. They held a common understanding that Africa must be socialist as they were enemies of exploitation and oppression. Africa developed culturally, politically, socially, and economically based on the creative genius, gender, and class struggle of and between African people. Empire growth and development throughout Africa attest to this fact. Why is this important? Nkrumah clarifies in the new African Renaissance, we place great emphasis on the presentation of history. Our history needs to be written as the history of society not as a story of European adventures. African societies must be treated as enjoying its own integrity. Its history must be found, its 
find its place in this history only as African experience, if as a crucial one. At the same time, to deny class struggle in Africa is to not to deny African history and Africa's role in the world history. Ahmed Sekou Ture underscores this ideological principle by clarifying that Pan-Africanism is henceforth the class struggle at the level of the of Africa and of her external branches. Being not conscious about it would be exposing ourselves to a confusion that imperialism would not miss exploiting. The imposition of neocolonialism, the last stage of imperialism, imposed the colonial borders coming out of the Berlin Conference in 1884 to 1885 and interrupted Africa's movement towards continental growth and development not necessary to liberation and socialism. We suffer politically, nationally, economically, culturally, and socially from imperialist imposed borders to this very day. However, these men whom we honor today follow the path of revolutionary continental African unity, the emancipation of women and youth, scientific socialism, the political education and organization of the African masses into mass political parties, African nationalism, anti-imperialism, and the pan-African nature of African identity. This unity of thought and action must become an everyday occurrence amongst the masses of African people. Nkrumah and Kwame Ture always argue that organization decides everything. These men ideologically and organizationally were merely revolutionary pan-Africanists, examples of the human transformation the new man and woman needed at the level of the African masses worldwide. They all paid the price for their convictions and the refusal to compromise on principle. It is this insight, this understanding that Europe, that Europe including the U.S. and Asian capitalism and imperialism and Zionism, were and are the primary enemies of Africa in this period of history. Pan-Africanist Kwame Nkrumah was in prison when he was elected as the first president of Ghana. It was Nkrumah who on a podium in his Independence Day speech spoke to the Guyanian, Guyanian masses in Africa saying the independence of Ghana is meaningless without the total liberation and unification of, Af of the African continent. A socialist and ardent advocate and practitioner of Pan-Africanism and a staunch anti-imperialist had numerous assassination attempts on his life following the publication of Neocolonialism, the last stage of imperialism in the fall of 1965. His government was overthrown February 21st, 1966 by the Guinean anti-people's class, U.S. and British imperialism and Zionism. Pan-Africanist Sekou Toure also faced numerous assassinations in the Guinean counter-revolution and imperialism. While alive, the Guinean anti-people's class was able to impede the progress of the Guinean revolution. As the revolution was struggling to build deeper roots in the Guinean people, the counter-revolution was also being organized with the assistance of European and Asian imperialism. 
the People's Revolutionary Party of Guinea was a victim of a military coup d'etat following the death of Ahmed Sekou Toure. Many of the leading cadre of the Democratic Party of Guinea, PDG, were murdered. The Guinean military seized power with the support of imperialism, and Guinea is now dominated by neocolonialism. But Ahmed Sekou Toure <laughs> still lives in the hearts and minds of the people of Guinea. The Congo is the heart of Africa, rich with minerals, agriculture, and human resources. The Congo was first colonized by, Port by Portugal and later by Belgium. Colonialism committed against humanity there. Pan-Africanist Patrice Lumumba, after being elected prime minister of the Congo, met with Kwame Nkrumah, and it has been documented that in the course of the discussion, President Dr. Kwame Nkrumah and Prime Minister Lumumba reaffirmed their determination to work in the closest possible association with the other independent African states for the establishment of a union of African states with a view of liberating the whole continent of Africa from colonialism and imperialism. The response by imperialism was swift and unequivocal. Lumumba was assassinated on January 17, 1961 by the Congolese anti-people class, U.S.-headed sitting President Dwight Eisenhower and newly elected President John Kennedy's South African mercenaries in the Belgian intelligence and military. Pan-Africanist Robert Mangaliso Sobwikwe was feared by the occupiers of Anzania. On April 6, 1959, just four months following the African People's Conference, he founded the Pan-Africanist Congress of Anzania, PAC. The PAC politely educate, politically educated and organized the masses and by example showed with the program of action and defiance campaign, the impact of mass organized action against the colonial settler regime. Following the massacre, of our people on March 21st, 1960, with 69 murders mm -hmm. and 180 sh shots at Sharpville and Langa, the PAC founded POQO, the Anzanian People Liberation Army, to wage military war against settler colonialism. For his relentless revolutionary work and his unwillingness to abandon the just national cause of African emancipation, in the reclamation of the land and all that was on it, Bukwe was in prison on March of 1960, kept in solitary confinement and was not released until 1969. Once released from prison, he was placed on house arrest and was denied basic human and national rights until his death on February 27, 1978. Pan-Africanist Kwame Touré was born into a family that at a time of anti-imperialism and labor activism in Trinidad and Tobago, the Caribbean and the world. From a young age, Kwame showed compassion for the oppressed and those who stood for them. Kwame grew ideologically and politically through his life. His commitment to the struggle of our people was submitted as a nine-year-old child in Trinidad and Tobago, 
his teenage years in New York while he was a student at Howard University, enduring his role as an organizer for the NAG, Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, Mississippi Democratic Party, Lotus County Freedom Organization, and the Black Panther Party. Kwame never stopped struggling and growing ideologically, which engendered his opportunity to attend the first conference of the Organization of Latin American States in Cuba, Vietnam, Algeria, and then worked as a secretary for Kwame Nkrumah and guided by Ahmed Sekou Toure. Kwame was instrumental in laying the ideological table for the All-African People's Revolutionary Party. The AAPRPGC inherits and continues to work from this table and to advance Kwame's theory in practice and to continue and advance our own work in practice. Kwame Nkrumah, Sekou Toure, Patrice Lumumba, Robert Sobikwe, and Kwame Toure were all Pan-Africanists, meaning they all understood that it was only through Pan-Africanism that African people could and will be free. They all understood that all people of African descent are African. They all saw the necessity of mass organization and were inspired to found or help found a revolutionary Pan-Africanist political party. They were all socialists, anti-capitalists, and anti-imperialists. They all choose to consciously serve, suffer, and sacrifice for the masses of the people. The ideological struggle and the revolutionary struggle for Pan-Africanism is the primary struggle understanding that theory and practice present one reality. Sekou Toure stated it most precisely. Without revolutionary consciousness, there can be no revolution. Those we honor today exemplified our commemoration, ideological theme. If Africa's children cannot alleviate her suffering, we can at least share them fully in life and until death. So today, in commemorating the revolutionary life of Kwame Toure, it is fitting that we honor those who struggled and suffered survived and sacrificed for the total liberation and unification of Africa under scientific socialism. These men are merely examples of African women and men who came to understand that the liberation of African people would never be realized without Pan-Africanism. The AAPRPGC is clear that it is the masses of our people who ultimately make history, and Sekou Toure taught us that the role of a genuine popular revolution is to enable the people to make history. Today, neocolonialism is entrenched in Africa and throughout the African world. Neocolonialism in Africa and throughout the African diaspora is the primary enemy of, Afri of Pan-Africanism today. In the past, the anti-people class with the active assistance of imperialism led Pan-Africanism efforts to unite Africa were from the governments down. It is clear that this approach was a failure. Pan-Africanism can only be achieved through the revolutionary political education and organization of the African masses worldwide. The task at hand must address some facts. Today, the African masses lack revolutionary consciousness, an insight into the unquestioned necessary 
necessity of Africa to unite as one. Today, the masses of our people lack a revolutionary consciousness that there is only one socialism, and that is and that is scientific socialism, and it is in harmony with the history and culture of traditional communal Africa. Today, the masses of our people lack revolutionary consciousness as to our enemies are and who our allies are. Today, the masses of our people lack revolutionary consciousness as to the class struggle in Africa and the African diaspora between the people and the anti-people's class. Today, the masses of our people lack revolutionary consciousness that the emancipation of African people is impossible without the emancipation of African women. Today, the masses of our people lack revolutionary consciousness that all people of African descent, no matter where in the world they were born or live, are African and belong to the African nation. Today, the masses of our people lack revolutionary consciousness that we must organize as never before for organization decides everything. Ami Toure never, never tired in saying that our primary task for this era in history is the revolutionary political education the organization of the masses of the people. Kwame also never tired in proclaiming that if you're not working for your people, you are working against your people, and that the role of the conscious is to make the unconscious conscious. The AAPRPGC understands that we can mobilize our people around issues, our people around, we are clear that capitalism, imperialism, women's oppression, ageism, racism, Zionism, and the phobia, colonialism and neocolonialism are all enemies of Africa and her diaspora operating under one umbrella. We know that until the system of capitalism and imperialism is destroyed and Pan-Africanism realized, African people will never be free. Therefore, the masses of our people must be organized around a common objective and common ideology, as Nkrumah is clear, for an ideology does not seek merely to unite a section of the people. It seeks to unite the whole of the society in which it is found. It is common to hear we must have unity. But again, Nkrumah made it clear that unity presupposes organization, revolutionary unity. The AAP, the AAPRPGC is unwavering that Nkrumahism, Tereism is the correct ideology around which to organize African people in the African Revolution for Pan-Africanism. The total liberation and unification of Africa under scientific socialism. We offer to you the All African People's Revolutionary Party, GC, and our allied organizations as radical and revolutionary options for you to join in, re in the revolutionary struggle following the tradition of revolutionary Pan-Africanist Africa to study and work, struggle and suffer, sacrifice and serve the African masses and the African revolution. There is no greater human attribute that can harbor than that of revolutionary struggle and revolutionary uh, service to the masses of our people and against the anti-people's class in Africa, the African diaspora and through the world 
like Kwame Ture. We promise you nothing but long, hard struggle, sacrifice, suffering, and victory is inevitable, but not in your lifetime. We are a small organizers who have refused to abandon our efforts to build a mass all-African political party with uncompromising capacity and will educated, organized the masses of African people worldwide. Only death ends our contribution on this side. However, our legacy reaches eternity. If you are ready to learn, if you are ready to struggle and serve, sacrifice and suffer, if you love Africa and African people, join us on this lifelong journey of conscious struggle and service to our people, no matter in the world where you might live. We also ask you to join and help build those organizations that have joined us today, for they represent frontline fighters confronting our common enemy. The AAPRPGC expresses its appreciation for our listeners and viewers for having taken this time to be with us today and to contribute to the ideological seminar. A very, as very simply, a very simply yet powerful message, Africa's children cannot alleviate her suffering. We can at least share them fully. Long live the revolutionary legacy of Kwame Nkrumah, Sekou Toure, Patrice Lumumba, Robert Sobwikwe, and Kwame Toure. Long live the revolutionary struggle for Pan-Africanism, victory to the liberation of African women and youth, victory to the liberation of oppressed humanity, death to imperialism, racism, and Zionism. Help build the AAPRPGC, build our, align, our allied organizations. We thank you, Abadigani, ready for revolution. The victory is for us, even though not in our lifetime. The All-African People's Revolutionary Party, GC. Kwahiri. Thank you, Brother Antu. Uh, Brother Walimu, I think you are going to host the question and answer section, which <coughs> begins now. Brother Walimu. Um, yes, if there are, if I think there was a question that was asked of uh, Brother uh, Gerald to speak to the question of uh, Walter Rodney and so I guess we can open there is brother, brother Gerald, Gerald you're muted sorry yes the question of Walter Rodney's legacy straight up answer it's in tatters let me tell you what I'm talking about if you come to Guyana you will find, you will discover that Bob Burnham, the man who founded the People's National Congress that Walter Rodney fought against, is much loved and respected among the masses, the dispossessed masses, African Guyanese. Walter Rodney's memory is more, it exists, it lives more with sections of the middle class, which is, it's, it's really sad. But let me tell you what I'm talking about. But when Burnham, when I, I was, uh, I was teaching, 
I was teaching at the high school when Walter Rodney returned to Guyana. And I had just moved on. I was an executive, central executive member of the Young Socialist Movement, which was the Utah McBurnham's party. And when Walter returned to Guyana, he established a small study group and he had invited me to it. And I went along and we had these discussions and so. But when they founded the Working People's Alliance, which was a number of left-wing organizations came together to challenge Burnham and the People's National Congress. Uh, the, the battle lines were clearly drawn. And there were a lot of contradictions, of course, uh, at the time, because we had, there was a strong right-wing element. There was a strong right-wing element in Burnham's party. The same way they had a strong right-wing element in Manley's PNP. And there were those of us who felt that, look, what we can do is the progressive forces, we should unite and see, concentrate on fighting the principal enemy or the main enemy, which is U.S. imperialism. Because here you had three parties in Guyana, the PPP, the People's National Congress, and the WPA, three parties that were claiming in their manifestos that they want to pursue a non-capitalist party development. They were claiming the credentials, Marxist, Leninist credentials, and were opposed to imperialism. But what happened is my understanding of this, and I will say this, I'm not here to assassinate. I cannot, I will never participate in any ideological assassination of Walter Rodney, but I think that Walter Rodney misread the situation in Guyana because what we had at the time was three, Guyana was under tremendous pressure. Borna was under tremendous pressure from the United States. Burnham allowed the Cuban troops, Burnham allowed the planes going to Angola to fight, to land in Guyana to refuel and move on. Burnham sent the fourth set of assistance to help Morris Bishop and the NGM and weapons and training train the fourth set of soldiers, the fourth set of members of the Morris Bishop Organization, the NGM, that participated in the overthrow Gary regime. So here you had Burnham that had established his anti-imperialist credentials. We are sending small, although we were deep financial and economic uh, troubles, Burnham sent annually $50,000 to the freedom fighters in the frontline states. And Burnham took principal positions in the non-aligned movement for free Palestinian homeland. Burnham made sure that cricketers who played in South Africa, although they were able to play in other Caribbean countries, were declared for Sunan and Grata, could not play cricket in Guyana. And there were many progressive positions. But instead of, I was surprised, instead of someone like Walter Rodney having read Mautitong at the correct handling of contradictions, you would have seen Burnham regime as this as secondary and that is focused on fighting, building a united front and confronting the enemy. But that did not happen. Today, fast forward, because I've written on this, I've written a piece called Half the Story of Never Be Told. I'm going to circulate it to you on Walter Rodney. Today, you're asking about the legacy of Walter Rodney. The same Walter Rodney's organization, the WPA, at the time when Burnham was president, could not find common ground with Father 
when Burnham died and his party went full right wing, full right wing, accepting the, stru the, the uh, structural adjustment program of the World Bank and the IMF, full right wing. His, Walter Rodney's uh, colleague, common ground with the PNC, when it became so imperialist friendly and promoter of neoliberal economics. In fact, I want to share this with you, brothers. Dr. Clyde Thomas, who many of you have known as a respected third world economist who wrote many books on socialist transition and the authoritarian state. Clive Thomas became a leading figure in the Granger neo-colonial regime that implemented harsh taxation policies of the poor and given huge tax breaks to foreign white capital and big business. But, and that I want to insert here is that there were people, there were brothers and sisters who turned to the ruling party at the time and said we should involve the OVP in the coalition because they're doing tremendous work in the depressed African communities. And Clive Thomas said no. The, the OVP, that's our organization, the OVP, we cannot include them in the coalition. In fact, no one should even visit the OVP website. That the, that the OVP is being watched, being watched by the CIA and the FBI. That is what he said. And when I heard that, I said, well, we're in damn good company because the FBI and the CIA were watching Malcolm X. And as Secretary said, if the enemy is not bothering with you, then you're doing nothing. But if he's bothering with you, then you're doing something. But what I'm showing you is Many of those who were in the WPA who fought Burnham tooth and nail, all working for NGOs, NGOs linked to the Canadian government, to the United States government, and to the British government. In fact, there is evidence in papers that have just been released that Walter Rodney, before he died, went to the United States Embassy, met with an uh, embassy representative who, who was a CIA operative in the embassy and told him that he, he, he felt that he would not be living, he will die soon, that his life is in danger and if anything happens to his family, he would like the Americans to protect them. Now, I, I, I mean, you know, if I'm being threatened in Guyana, Gerald Pereira is not going to go to the U.S. Embassy or to the British Embassy as a Pan-African man. If I want to get out there, my life is threatened, I will go to the Cubans, or maybe I'll go to the Venezuelans. But I won't be going to any one of the Western countries. So I'm, I'm just giving you this. So these are some of the contradictions. I mean, Walter was scholarly. He wrote the Groundless with my brothers and how you respond to develop after. But his political, reading the political, what was happening at the time, he aired, and I think CLR James addressed that on Walt in his piece, Walter Rodney, and the question of power. So, so they, they evaporated. It's, it's a party of not more than six, seven persons, and uh, they have discredited themselves because they have, over the years, supported policies that are anti people, anti working class 
and they've said nothing. They've said nothing. They're not taking any position.
or whatnot is to not say that those are negative. Okay. It is, when, when you don't agree, then you go your separate way. And I think what we have learned historically, though, is that that doesn't mean that when we disagree and go our separate ways, that we have to be enemies of each other. Okay. We have just chosen a different path. Okay. And ultimately, the masses of the people will determine what path they choose to follow. It might be neither. But I think that as long as we uh, in Revolutionary Struggle stay focused on the task at hand, okay. and that task is the, the organization of our people to destroy the system of exploitation of, by which they suffer, then we're fine. And that the other formations or those other uh, organizations or parties that have split and gone in di different directions, that we help, they are also successful if they are genuinely fighting for the same objectives that, that, that they've laid before them when we were one. So I, I don't really see that as a contradiction. Even the APRP mm -hmm. has had those same divisions. Okay. But we do not spend our energy on criticizing the past. Right. We but what, spend our energies on trying to build on the future. Okay, well, the second part of the question was functional unity and principal unity. Now, and I say that in the context of brother-sister organizations, uh, 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 all African United Front, or anti-Zionist United Front. Now, when we talk about United Front, is that a functional unity, or is that a principal unity, and what's the difference? Well, principal unity, as, as I understand it, is that unity that's based upon ideology, where you have common, you, you know, your, your relationship is based on common principles. You know, so we talked earlier about uh, scientific socialism. Well, that is a principle. Uh, Anti-capitalism or, or, or fighting, you know, that's not a strategic question to be against capitalism. Being opposition to capitalism is for scientific and socialism. Those are principal questions. And so when you unite with other organizations that have that same position or view, then your relationship is now based on principle. And so that is an objective. That is something that we in APFPGP want to do is to identify and find and work with those organizations that we agree with. At the same time that there are organizations that you may not have the same principles, but you're fighting against or for some of the same thing. Uh, for example, let's say some organizations, their focus is on the questions of political repression, FBI, CIA, some anti-militarism, AFRICOM, and U.S. imperialism, military forces around the world. So they're not necessarily anti-capitalist, but they are, they are opposed to some of the manifestations of capitalism. So on that basis, then we can work together, you know. And so Zionism is also one of those things that, uh, you know, maybe we don't agree on everything, but we have in common that we are, we are supporting the liberation of Palestine from Zionism, and we're against, the, we're against Zionism worldwide. And so if that is the only point of agreement, then based on that, we can have common activity, common program, common support. And, and, and in my mind, those types of relationships are functional, so to speak, or strategic, you know, because revolution 
although it's very precise ideologically, we cannot be so mechanical that we cannot work with other progressive or radical organizations that may not agree with everything that we agree with. You know, ultimately, there are over one billion Africans in the world. And so there's going to be a myriad of, uh, of expressions of how they're going to struggle against their oppression exploitation. And we must be open enough to work with what the people produce to the best of our ability based upon those things that we find ourselves in common. Thank you, sir. Next question. Well, it looks like we may not have any other questions. We yes, I'm both have sure. any on the board. Uh, go ahead, bro. For the sake of ideological struggle, can any of the online presenters today speak on the role, positive or negative, of monarchies and royal families in the class struggle in Africa? Diaspora today. Everybody hear the question? Okay. Repeat that one more time. Again, I'm I'm asking for the sake of ideological struggle with regard to our presentation, some aspects of modern as well as our his, history, traditional history. I'm asking the question so we can clarify modern confusion based upon presentation of past history, the role of monarchies and royal families in Africa, as well as its diaspora, with regard to the class struggle. Anybody want to take that question? I, I will you know, uh, try to offer what I would suggest is, is a perspective uh, as it relates to GC, and I think we, you know, for for us, we have to reference again uh, Kwame Nkrumah, uh, Sekou et etc. Uh, I think that that's why Kwame had to uh, write class struggle in Africa to help clarify the question that, that was raised as it relates to uh, monarchies and empire development in Africa. Because when I first started learning about Africa, I was I was part to praise the, uh, the, the, the emperors and, and the rulers and the pharaohs, etc., because it was something positive. But in studying history, we also see that where you have empires in Africa, similar to empires in any other part of the world, that the emperor does not dig the gold. The emperor does not dig the diamonds. The emperor does not grow the food. Yet the Centralization of wealth finds itself in the family and with the monarchy. And I think that is consistent throughout Africa. 
And so we cannot, when we look at our history, following the breakdown of communal, traditional African societies, we can applaud the growth and development and the technology and the knowledge and science, et cetera, that happened within Africa as a positive. But we cannot negate the reality that that development was done at the hands and by the hands of the peasants, the artisans and workers of Africa. And they did not own control what they produced. And this is the nature of class struggle. It has found itself in every society, I think, in which we have studied, including Africa. And that's why Nkrumah talks about scientific socialism being in harmony with the culture of Africa in its traditional and communal era. We are opposed to any system where those who work do not own and control the product of what they produce. And that's why I think when we listen to Sacred Teray, Sacred Teray said that the problems of Africa were within Africa because we had our people, African people who are allied with imperialism inside of Africa. And so we must also think that it's also true that with capitalism came to Africa, it also found allies based upon the stratification of society within Africa. But I think also we must say that the masses of our people, the harbor, the harbors of our culture were not for any form of oppression and exploitation. And that's that's what I offer to this discussion. All right. It looks like we have ran over our time. And we would probably just like to recognize and thank a couple of people. We want to thank the folks who volunteered to do translation. Uh particularly the Mormi uh, brother Omari, I'm sorry, brother Summary, and brother Nebu. we like to recognize hey, again. Uh, we like to recognize again uh, brother Imhotep, who is they're calling in from Jamaica because we know how difficult it is. We'd like to recognize Brother Alpha Yaya, who's calling in, who's calling in from Guinea, because we know that 
that is extremely ridiculously hard to do and we need to find out from him how he was able to do that so that we could let Mr. Condi know. We see we also have uh, Sister Sarazad there and I think we see a couple other folks. But we want to thank everybody, especially for participating and for allowing us to occupy this amount of time in your day. We know that there's many things you could have been doing, but instead you choose to uh, share with us and listen to what our panelists had to impart to you. We also see that we have Sister Abina from the Maryland Council of Elders. Thank you, Sister. Uh, We'd like to ask each panelist if they have any last words that they would like to say before we close this out. And also ask Brother Alpha if he has any words he would like to say. My brother, uh, I would just like to add that uh, when Kwame Ture uh, was traveling through the Caribbean to deliver the message of black power, he was prevented, he was banned from every Caribbean country. There were only two countries that he was allowed to touch down. That was Cuba and Guyana. And I had the opportunity, I was in the sixth form, and I didn't, some of us, we got, we went to hear him that afternoon. And little did I know that a few decades down the line, I would be working alongside him in Tripoli, Libya. Uh, the last presentation by the brother on um, royalty in Africa and the class struggle. I think we need a special discussion on that. It's very much, it's more than that, very complicated because uh, there, were, there were many parts of African society with the concept of, uh, and those, those, those kings or chiefs were really uh, accountable, accountable to the elders and the community and so. So it, 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 we need a special forum on that. Sometime we can have that. Because I do agree with him because what we find is that there's a tendency, right, on the part of some Afrocentric to romanticize everything as though it was a golden dawn and it was just sitting there in the imperialism. But as Brother Gaddafi said there, he spoke about the vacuum theory, which Sekutori identified, that there were those internal contradictions and those who collaborated with, with uh, external forces who collaborated with the enemy. So we need a special uh, forum on that. Thank you. Thank you, bro. Uh, Brother Maurice, would you like to say any last words? Brother Maurice, you're muted. All right, we're asking Brother Alpha Yaya if he would like to make any observations. Okay, uh, good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. First and foremost, I want to say sorry about my English. 
and uh, I don't have many 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 words to say after the the speech of my brothers and sisters and uh, uncle and uh, auntie uh, I'm very happy to be with you today and it is the honor for me to assist this uh, show this commemoration about my father and uh, other revolutionary and pan-Africanists uh, I don't have many, 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 many words, but my father, my father, this, when I was young, I was young man, and uh, with my personal research and uh, questions with someone who worked with him, I have to say, Kwame uh, Tuwe, of course, is my it is my biological parents. It is also my ideological parents because his activities uh, influenced my life. You know, that's why I decide to follow his struggle. You know, so. About my personal research, I want to say Kwame Tuwe was the one, one who understood from the start that we must no fighting for any integration, you know, but that we, we must fight uh, against one uh, white supremacy and give power, uh, political power and economic power to black, and uh, this fight is still relevant today, you know, and uh, it, it's very important to, to remember Amitwe fought his struggle beyond the borders of the United States. After the, the death of Malcolm X and uh, Martin Luther King, Kwame was the hope of oppressed black across the world and African Americans in particular. Being a world, uh, being aware of this, he made it his mission to work for the organization and seeking of liberation policy for his people. While advocating self-determination so that they take their destiny in hand. It's with, with this in mind that he says, I am not going to continue writing why my people need an organization on the ground, and his attachment to the world organization. Because for him, a real, a real organization is all sector was necessary to obtain the power of the black people needed to be. 
So uh, about uh, this uh, Pan-Africanism, for me, uh, I have always said Kwame is the true definition of the Pan-Africanism. Why? Because you 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 must first you you must first uh, be proud to be African in your action before to lead in any fighting for Africa. Pan Africanism, by definition, is uh, a is the liberation and is the, is the total liberation and inclusion of all African under a scientific in under a scientific and socialist. Africa. To be Pan for me to be an, to be an Pan African, we have to believe in African values, have been fight in ideology. Thus, this doesn't mean that you have to reject idea ideas coming from outside, but Africa in the first, you know, that that's the that's the opposite of what we see in our various African countries that is hit of the state through, through its hit of the state who seek the Pan-African ethic, but the behavior is hit to oppose uh, to, to, to opposite. I want to end with this. Is uh, the father of everyone who want to be free in your life, you know. So I would like to 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 ask the people who work with him to keep talking to talking about him, his goal and ideology for it, for, for for Africa and for. Because the, the, for me the best uh, the best uh, the best way to to pay homage to a deep is to talk about this whenever the, the the opportunity arises. So I have to to say that I'm very happy to 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 to, to be on in this family and thank you very much everyone thank you my brother thank you very much and so we're going to close uh walimu do you have any last words for us uh yes uh, i need to say on behalf of the uh, All African People's Revolutionary Party, GC, that we are extremely grateful, kind of reiterating what Bamboshi has offered earlier, that we're extremely grateful uh, for your time today and for your um, listening to uh, our guests. Again, we, we have to thank our guests uh, because this is not possible without you. We are one in struggle. And uh, as our brother Gerald said earlier, we have to find ways to do these things more often. 
where those like-minded of us can come together and help try to create more like-minded of us. Um, if there's anyone who has interest in the APRPGC, they can go to our website at a-aprp-gc.org and uh, click on the um, we do have an application there that you would fill out, and, and, and we kind of go from there. Uh, but if 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 we if you haven't heard anything from us that 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 really inspires you to, to join us, we, we do follow Kwame's tradition: join some organization that is that is working for our people. Uh, and again, we we want to do this particular uh, seminar at least you know every every year and uh, to make it bigger and better because we definitely uh, when we transition to our ancestors as Kwame as Kwame uh, showed us uh, you you struggle to the end and uh, you leave legacy that those that you leave behind can follow and continue in advance and, and we seek that same uh, tradition in, in our own individual history and as an organization and so again, we we thank everyone and um, ready for re ready for the revolution. There's victory for us, if not on our lifetime, hopefully that in those that 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 come before us, or definitely with those who come after us. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Brother Amitab, I want to put you on the spot, but did you have any observation you'd like to say? Make. Your mic is on, brother. Yes, dear compañero Shango, uh, sisters and brothers, you know, we want to thank you once more again, you know, for inviting us and for this wonderful um, presentation and, you know, seminar. Well, um, basically, we do not have no questions for the time being and, you know, nothing to add, no subtract. Just to thank, want to thank you all, you know. So we thank you, you know. Thank you, bro. All right, with that, we're going to close out this seminar and hope that uh, we'll come back together again very soon. Thank you. Boy. Boy. All right. Ready. Goodbye. Goodbye. You have been listening to a commemoration. Commemoration. The a revolutionary life of Kwame Ture, Kwame Ture, November 14, 2020. This event was organized by all African People's Revolutionary Party, GC. You listen to Africa on the Moon. And we will close out this special program with some music, with some liberation. We remind you, you can check us out on every Sunday evening from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time, U.S. 
as we will always try to provide our people information and things that they need. Until next time, let's ride always go forward our backwards level. We see you tomorrow, 7 p.m.
Line across the waters from Benin to Salvador Bahia. A scar across the face of the earth. Pellerino, the place they brought the Africans, the place where they tried to make them slaves. Pellerino! You can feel the whip, hear the cries, and see the blood in the red clay. The clay that holds the stones together is African. And each stone is a bone from a people called slaves. Pellerino was the place where death came to dwell. His neighbors did not complain, for he was a way out. From the cold, gray, cobblestone streets to the lifeless cathedrals, tall walls of demons called angels, haunted visions of white faces, crucifying Jesus again and again. But in the sacrifice of this blood, of this dance with death, comes life more rich, more pure, more alive, where death spent many lonely nights, pacing the floors of his funeral parlor, waiting for someone to die. Pellerino, a French word called the place of torture, became a place of strength, a place where faces of white saints became faces of black gods, where haunted visions and demons became healing visionaries and orishas from the motherland. And Jesus rejoined his kinfolk and was reborn and baptized in the sound of sensual skin turned up to dance, to inspire a fire like the sun pronouncing his presence. Pellerino was the tongue of the flame, licking the eyes of those who have tried to remain blind, shining a light on a spirit that would not be denied. No, the chains did not break the spirit, did not enslave the music of my soul, did not shackle the will of my freedom, did not tarnish the glow of my gold, and all the Pellerinos in Africa, in Europe, in North and South America cannot destroy the majesty of my people, the love of my people, shining like the sun everywhere we go, everywhere we go. light is clear, oh how beautiful I will be, to know that I've been here, and made it through my journey, yeah, and made it through my journey, yeah, 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 yeah. 